everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we have returning special guest, Big Dave, and uh, we're recording this on September 11 of 2021, so it's the big 20th anniversary of that special day. We were supposed to record um, last Saturday, so I guess this was, um, what do you call it? Uh, God's plan. God's plan. It was uh, written in the stars that we uh, record on this anniversary of uh, 9-11. Yeah. Well, welcome on. Yeah, 9-11, I don't know. Uh, today I met the first person who ever had, who I've ever met who has like a serious like, oh gosh, what a horrible day. I guess, she, I mean, I don't know the full story, but she said like she escaped uh, lower Manhattan <laughs> when it happened and stuff. And so like she got like a flower delivered from her mom as like a, I don't know, I guess like she kind of gets affected by it every year or whatever. So, Boy, um, um, my, 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 my main 9-11 story was we got married in April of that year. So, um, you know, we, I was young. I didn't really understand the whole immigration process. So my wife came over and so we figured out that we had to, apply in a certain way so once she came over from england and we got everything sorted out the day we were going to send off her immigration papers was 9 11 and so like it took her two years like normally somebody from england only takes about three months to get their uh, marriage uh, certified and everything works out and you know they can have like their their citizenship and everything if they're married properly but it took my wife two years because we waited until the day yeah. that day 9-11 was the day we mailed the papers before mm-hmm. or after the attacks after we, we woke up like we we're on the west coast right so like we woke up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm like what and like my buddy's just like so i'm like listening to the the, the radio and like the radio is all like Howard Stern? No, no, because we in Vancouver we never got Howard Stern back then, so I, I never listened. But oh, okay, it was just like weird stuff going. I'm like, what the fuck? And I put the TV on, and sure enough, oh, 9/11 was happening. Yeah, I had like a little like 10 inch screen kind of thing, like TV, and uh, I remember I turned it on like in between the plane sitting kind of thing, like the first one. It already hit, and they were like, what's going on? And then the second one hit. Yeah, so it was pretty wild. And then I, I ran and told my roommate, and she was, like, rolling her eyes, being, like, kind of like Donald's gone. Nuts. You know, is, he is, lost is, it. He, 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 he's whining about something else and stuff like that. So <laughs> I remember I remember that reaction, like, so clearly, like, just of, of me being, like, planes hit the towers or something, that kind of thing, you know, and then. Her being like, yeah, 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 okay, <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> which is probably the right response to some extent, but yeah. What towers? Know. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. in India at the time, so it was like six thirty, seven, or something like that at uh, night p.m. Yeah, yeah. Where were you? In it India? was like dinner time. Yeah, I was in New Delhi. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I remember it pretty clearly, actually. I was. I was uh, scooping peas onto my plate. Because it was dinner time. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Did you only get to stay in New Delhi or did you see anything else of, of India? I'm, well, we lived in New Delhi, but we did like kind of make little trips uh, 
visited Agra. Uh, I, I had a school trip that we went up north. Like, um, I don't remember the name of the town or whatever, but it was like in the foothills of the Himalayas. Derudun, probably. That's where like all the school, the schools were and stuff or similar or something. I don't, yeah, I don't remember at all. Um, and then we also went to Rajasthan a little bit. Yeah. Everybody goes to Rajasthan because it's cool. It is cool. What is in Rajasthan? All the old palaces and stuff. Like the, okay. the main mm-hmm. ones, and like uh, you can check that out, and it's it's pretty definitely interesting to see. It's also Punjab territory. Yeah, that was part of it. You know, like some of the rajas and stuff lived there. Yeah, yeah, that's like where the uh, the Turks came through mm-hmm. and uh, brought civilization to the dark continent. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but. I would, you know, so many times people are like, oh, um, I should visit India or whatever. But it's um, funny. It's like it, it is definitely the biggest learning curve to visit anywhere else on the world. Like probably like, there's probably parts of Africa that are pretty rough, too. But you get to India and it's just full on press. It's like a, it's a different world to visit, man. It's, it's It's worth it, but it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, any place that I've gone to after India is like n- not a problem. You know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, right. Because yeah. you're, it's, it's you, you know, you can't even drink the water in India. You know what I mean? Like everything is like some sort of hazard, and there's just so many people, just so many people. Yeah, it's just everywhere. Just, at least in Delhi. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's parts of it like you know when you get to Punjab, it's not so bad, but like the main places like just a, you're just crushed with people everywhere around you and it's especially as a north american um myself even like you know going for the first time it was it was it was really hard to like you know get your mind around it and sort of like luckily the first time we went we stayed there for four months and so you can kind of like after that first couple of weeks like to de like I, i'm from like the sticks in canada too so i'm not I'm not even from a big town where I would be used to the rush, but like just going into New Delhi and just getting thrown into the fire there, man, it was, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like being in a baseball stadium at the end of the game, but all the time, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And people just shove you. Yeah. Oh man. That's just how it has to happen. There's no uh, sort of Western, um, politeness or anything like that you you just you just got to go with the flow and just get your licks in <laughs> yeah no personal space at all. yeah i don't uh, i'm wondering like so i got a lot of stares from people yeah uh, which is just a little bit that's a little bit like a cultural thing like in india it's not really rude to stare no. the way it is in the no, west you know it's definitely not yeah people just stare right yeah. so i was wondering did you get that too i mean i stick out you know Oh, yeah, because I'm uh, honestly like outside of Punjab where there's some tall people, but the rest of India, I was like a good foot, foot and a half taller than everybody else. So especially like places like um, we would go visit friends up in Rishikesh and uh, that's like the mouth of the Ganges kind of. And that's where like the Beatles went, right? That's where like their yogi was and all that kind of stuff. But all my friends were like five feet tall and I'm six, five. So I'm like 
just sticking out of the crowd, like just <laughs> and just people just like staring at me, like who the hell? Because like you know the tourist parts is not so bad. Like you know the guys have seen a million people that are like that, but when they take you into like their town and to their home and you know to the real parts of you know that those guys that just everybody stops and sort of stares and looks at you and says like who the hell is that it was was pretty cool like it was hilarious like rishikesh honestly like um the family we we sort of got to know uh me and my my brother and so like they said come and visit us and so like all of them were honestly like nobody was over five foot two and both of us are my brother was six four and i'm six five and just walking through like the town center picking up um vegetables or whatever and we just look like just like just like like the sea of humanity parting as like the nephilim walk through or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I, I remember that experience i mean like india and thailand were two places I, I lived in like when i was a little bit older you know like high school age so i was kind of like get i got my growth spurt i was kind of like you know like my full yeah. size or whatever and all these like tiny little asians you know what i mean <laughs> like it was just uh pretty much always the tallest person if there wasn't like another form yeah so my daughter um she gets into grade 11 this year the oldest it's wild um she's got her learner's license and stuff Mm -hmm. but i said after high school here i'm gonna send you to go live in punjab for like you know six months or something like don't just start university here go and live there and figure it out and see what people are like because it gives you a really great perspective and you can travel around because her uncle like uh, my, my wife's um my wife's mom's brother is like you know he's a police guy that's fairly high up so they're they're pretty well off so they can take good care of her and but just just to see it and like get that you know we we have like such a weird version of humanity here like we're so sterile especially in canada west coast mm-hmm. we're very sterile and apart from our neighbors and you know everything like you grew up in seattle you know what it's like the, the northwest like <laughs> we're we're very like you know it's it's way different like go to india and get some real life lessons and then come back and then we'll figure out what you want to do for for uh, university don't just say oh i gotta do this i gotta do that yeah that that's a good idea i, I think that's a really good idea does she have like a, a plan other than that? Kind of like what school she wants to go to and all that, or um, set up for? <laughs> I don't know if it's my influence or whatever, but she sort of wants to be get a, you know, eventually an MBA from like solder at UBC. Oh yeah, which is insanely expensive, but yeah, is I that prestigious? Say. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar. It's the best MBA in Canada, probably. Oh, cool. Okay, right. But I don't know. Is she a pretty good student? Yeah, she's, you know, all the kids are really good. Like, I'm impressed. Way better than me. That's mm-hmm. good, man. Good job. What, what's the situation there with all the reopening and all that kind of stuff? Is, like, just school normal, whatever? Like, no? Yeah, this this yeah. year is normal. The kids, um, high school last year was sort of half and half, half home, half at school kind of thing. And then uh, for elementary, because for parents, they needed to have like their kids in school. So they had either a full-time program or half and half 
where like kids go in in the afternoon and most of it, the rest of it is online. So the two younger ones that were in grade three and, and six did the half and half thing. And, oh man, they had way too much fun because like, you know, <laughs> they'd wake up, you know, open up their laptops at, you know, 8.25 and their school would start at 8.30 and, you know, they'd be laying in bed. And then yeah, yeah. he says they'd go downstairs and get their toast or whatever for breakfast. But now this year, all elementary schools are back to normal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? You, like, concerned about your kids? Not Maybe really. Like... Both the, the girls, you know, like um, the middle girl that's going into grade 7, she's 12, so she's got both her shots. And the oldest got both her shots. So what's the big deal? You know, you know. Yeah. Fake vaccine, fake virus, you know. Yeah. It's not not fake, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, we've hit, like, I think we've hit 75% in BC. So, like, what's the point of worrying? Like, you know, let's just get on with things. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, they kind of have, I know they've reopened schools here in Chicago, uh, actually, today uh, I went uh, to like a like a square in the neighborhood, so it's sort of kind of like a downtowny type of area, but mm-hmm. just for like the neighborhood, you know. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize they were doing this, but there was like a big Oktoberfest thing, so there was oh, hundreds cool. of people just <laughs> packed in. So I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty like whatever about a lot of this stuff, but just seeing that many people. Uh, kind of made me uneasy. I was like, this is not a good idea, you know? So are the polls of um, Chicago okay with the Germans uh, celebrating Oktoberfest? Because uh, that isn't like the, that the natural like enemy? You'd think so. I don't know. I I, I guess this, uh, this beautiful constitution we have just brings <laughs> everyone together. <laughs> yeah. Everyone respects one another here in Chicago. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people wearing like lederhosen, like real legit, or I don't know what the proper term, you know, yeah. all kinds of kooky outfits, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it looked like real deal stuff. It wasn't like some like silly costume store, you know, just a hat with a feather in it type thing. Like people had like real outfits and stuff. And, uh, I, I don't know, like, I guess they just have it for the, for this, you know, that's pretty just cool. Keep it in yeah. your closet for Oktoberfest every year. I don't know. One of these yeah. days, I want to go to like I've been to Germany a few times, and uh, definitely not my favorite place, but I, 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 I really want to check out Oktoberfest, like uh, the whole beer halls and everything in Munich and all that kind of stuff. Like it seems like it'd be a really good time. Yeah, probably. I was thinking about this. Uh, I saw this video the other night of uh, an Oktoberfest that I, I'm sure this isn't representative, but it seemed really wild. So, like, I think they've marketed Oktoberfest as, like, this wholesome, like, cultural event. Like, you kind of just think of, like, these, like, dopey, smiley Germans. You know, it's almost like a family fun type of thing. Yeah. This video was not that. It was, like, a wild, crazy, drunken, like, frat party vibe. Like, there was people just puking and pissing everywhere and like there was uh there was two guys one guy did a line of coke off the other guy's dick yeah and it was just i uh, think i think you know kind of subverted my idea i think that line that that one i've seen that video before i think that's like like a poppers it's not really it's not coke 
because like there's like this old lady doing it there too. But the thing is, we would I wouldn't you know there's so many like cool little villages in the Black Forest there outside of Munich that have some interesting events. That would probably be more worth seeing than like the main like sort of things in in in, in Munich where all the tourists are going and and taking in like getting into the real part of Oktoberfest. I don't know if they'd if they yeah uh, mm-hmm. if more traditional uh, be okay with my brown ass, but uh, I'm sure they <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've been browbeaten into uh, accepting just anybody i think that's, for the most part you know unless you go to no, east germany true, even east germany like um all the shows i like uh there's so many good german rappers and they're all from lebanon and uh it's so interesting like that germany's like you know basically either turkey or 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 um lebanon like parts of turkey like it's it's uh sorry germany is like either parts of lebanon or parts of turkey that you know they've let in all the the refugees and so yeah yeah well they had that <laughs> guest worker program with turkey for a very long time there's like uh i think second and third generation turks there like in germany oh yeah for sure yeah I know. I, yeah, Germany does seem cool to me as like a country that's just completely autistic. Like the whole country is just on the spectrum. You know that that appeals to me. I feel like some kind of kinship with that. You know. Have you ever been? I was born there, actually. Oh really? Um, I don't but, really remember it. I was only there a couple of years, like the first two years of my life. But um, there there were part of a few of my trips, like um definitely had some amazing times in berlin like that place was you could call it like like just it is the most liberal place on earth probably berlin uh, you know like mm-hmm. we had some some pretty crazy times there but the rest of germany was different like uh i didn't see i've never been to munich or anything like that but i've been to like frankfurt and sort of like the areas like around it and like that area where like the river where it's all these little castles and stuff like that around there but it's just it's it's a very different place but berlin was insane like i've never been to a city quite like berlin it's very it's very like out there like everything goes and it's it's wild it's it's fun though like um especially as a young person like i just just my mind was totally blown going there yeah i mean does that still have appeal to you like now that you're older no <laughs> absolutely yeah there's good parts of it like some of the the art and you know like the the actual like the food and everything there was really interesting uh so that part of it uh, appeals to me as a grown-up like i didn't go to any of like the really fine places to eat but there's a lot of great great food there in berlin so that that attracts me but like the rest of it no yeah i'm too old for that kind of stuff i'm glad i i got to experience that in my youth like German food or uh, or kind of more like international? Yeah, a bit of both. So like the German food, like, you know, their take on like the the high dining of it. But there's so much like Lebanese and Turkish influences there. Like the food was insane. Yeah, Lebanese and Turks, you could do a lot worse as far as like importing a food culture. Exactly, know? right? Mm-hmm. Like, Top notch. Yeah. It's, it was insane. Like, you know, like we would... I think like I think we flew from 
Marseille, and Marseille had like that insane food culture of like just France, and it ha- it was slowly like turning with like that Arabic influence and like all the refugees there at the time, and Marseille had like some insane food at the time, and you know it was really cool. And then we went to Berlin, and it was it was totally like you know like all like the the, the cheap places to stay because all my buddies that we were. We're, we're traveling with um you know we were all like trying to look for the cheap spots and and in berlin that was like the the area was all lebanese and turks and stuff like that and the food there was insane but i'm sure like now it's it's gotten better there's so much like you know uh, you know high-end stuff that brings in you know the G- german influence as well as the, the turkish stuff yeah yeah sounds good when i was in uh, high school i took german like the you know like three years in a row whatever and uh I, I i don't know i really enjoyed learning about all that kind of stuff and like i it mostly evaporated like just pretty quickly after high school but and i never got out there so i really hope to one day eventually tour around germany or something so yeah we should all meet yeah. up in berlin like spies in world war ii <laughs> yeah. i i just rewatched um uh tinker taylor spy the i mean Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, such a great movie. And uh, was Lacar a real spy? Do we think like he like it came out later that perhaps he was, but we're not sure. Like, what do you guys think? I don't really know to be honest. Uh, you've read Lacar, right, Don? Yeah, I just finished uh, my first book of his um, that I've ever read, and uh, it was really good. It was um, the spy that came in from the cold, whatever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, I really enjoyed it, and yeah, I think he was a spy for a while, and uh, but I don't know if it was like, uh, you know, I don't know how high up or what, whatever he was, but like, he also said that in his sort of intro to the book that like, the spies sort of, they didn't care about him writing about it as much early on because, uh, like, they basically approved it, and it was because uh, they thought, well... Uh, it, this is so much unlike our actual jobs that it's uh, it's fine for us to publish it or something like that. So that's what sure. that's how he said he got away with it or something. So, but yeah, I really liked uh, that. The movie's good too. Um, Tinker Taylor, I really like that. And uh, I don't know, I, I should rewatch it soon. I, have, I haven't watched it in, since it came out, but yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. You guys, but I guess um, I'm a big fiction guy, and it seems like most people are. Well, anybody I, like I talk to on Twitter, they all are seem to be very much into nonfiction. Yeah, I mean, this is the first fiction book that I've read in a while, kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, over the last few years, probably one of the first ones. So, uh, yeah, it's it's rare for me, but I, it was good, and, and I, you know, I want to read through the rest of them, or or at least a good chunk of them. I might do Tinker Tailor next as a book. So, yeah, you'll enjoy it. They're they're all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as like fiction and nonfiction reading and stuff goes, I, I kind of am like doing one or the other. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm in the mood for one or the other. And it's like not a short lived kind of thing. It's like for a few years or, or maybe even several years, I'll just be reading, let's say nonfiction. And then I kind of just change gears and do fiction for a bit. Uh, so I don't know. I can't remember the last fiction book I've read. I reread some stuff uh, somewhat recently. I haven't read like new fiction for a while. Yeah, but I like um, I always read like one crappy book, and then I'll always try to read one book that sort of you know 
helps me like <laughs> be more well-rounded as a human but lately i've been just been been reading fiction <laughs> sure yeah what's mm-hmm. the what's the last book you read that enriched you um the last book i read that enriched me was um uh this thing about the byzantines like the rivers of red rivers of gold i think it's called and uh it's about the byzantine empire and what happened and you know so how how they 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 grew out of like the romans and then like what happened when you know like the goths took over and all that kind of stuff so it was it was pretty cool like um because i love turkey um and istanbul so much and so uh i really wanted to to sort of understand that that culture and how it was, you know, brought, you know, Europe and Asia together. And it was, it was definitely really cool. Like it was probably one of the better books I've ever read on history. Like I read so many history books and some guys don't write very well, but this guy yeah. is, is a crazy good writer. Cool. Do you remember his name? Uh, I'm just going to Google it right now. This is where we need a producer. You know? Definitely. Young Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> um, it's so funny that, um, the producer of uh for a while um opie and anthony he's become like this um weird uh uh right-wing guy he's like one of the guys that you know talks about like you know how things um suck which one uh the guy that, that was like the metrosexual like E-Rock they used to make Sam? fun of all the time uh, there's a whole thing i don't know it doesn't surprise me to be honest you know but yeah, I don't. I've been looking for a good book on the Byzantine, so I'll check that out. That's sort of a, a gap in my knowledge. You know, I should I should be uh, a little bit more versed in that area. Streams of Gold, Rivers of Blood by Anthony Caldellas. Caldellas. Okay. It's it's so good. Cool. I'll check it out for sure, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So we're talking about nine eleven. It's it's interesting to me. Um, one of the things I, you know, I've never tweeted about because I, I try to keep my Twitter about fun things and the bands and all that kind of stuff. But the first guy that died after 9-11 in America was a Sikh guy, um, Balbir Singh. Oh, with the hate I crime? Think, uh, yeah, uh, Balbir Singh Sodhi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about four days after 9-11. And since then, if you follow, like, the whole, like, hate crime sort of reporting and things like that Sikhs have been attacked you know at four times the level of Jews and Jews report everything Sikhs don't report everything I wonder why that is that's interesting yeah yeah yeah. something to look into guys (laughs) but it's 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 so funny like so you know it's Sikhs will only report if they get you know kicked or or punched or whatever right like that that becomes a hate crime and so it, it just seeing that discourse for the past year every time like you see like um, something bad happens in Israel and so the blue checks on Twitter the Jews uh, like you know um, there's this one guy I can't even remember his name now like it's, I'm drawing a blank but you know they're talking about like how unsafe they are and things like that but it's just ah uh, it just that to me really upsets me because you know especially in America, we, we bear the brunt of mostly attacks because we're visible. 
some Muslims, you know, especially like blend in or whatever like that. But because of the turban or the beard or things like that, you know, it's it's more visible since 9-11. And they've honestly like, you know, like Sikhs have been attacked in an insane amount since 9-11. And, you know, it's they've been, you know, the model minority or whatever like that. But, you know, we could pretend to to make it about us or, or something like that but it's just it just really um annoys me that you know you see like these blue checks that have never had any threats on their life they have had maybe one person say fuck you or or um why are you bombing gaza and and they turtle and they think like you know they're being pogromed right but yeah, yeah. whereas like Sikhs have been you know attacked at such a crazy rate since 9-11 that you know whereas you know you just get on with it you're part of north america you're part of that pot and you just you know up until like a few um last week in nova scotia one uh see taxi driver was you know slit throat his throat was totally slit from some white guys and we don't know if it's a hate crime yet but you know it happened you know he's a student here mm-hmm. he came to you know have a better life and some white guys killed them there but it's like you know you don't see uh any Sikh blue check saying like oh my god i fear for my life or why are you starting a pogrom on us because of you know something like you know yeah it's it's just uh it's very stressful i haven't seen almost anything too about the attack on like the i'm not sure if you have but like on the sort of main news things like i mean i saw like you know they reported it and stuff but it doesn't seem to be like i don't know they did did they bring it up at the debates or no, anything like that or it's did not, they do it's not anything like yeah so thing but you yeah. know some kid just like he was he was a uber or a taxi driver i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure but like he got his throat slit by four white guys yeah. so like i hope it's not a hate crime because you know it was just something that was like some drunk guys are going crazy, but because we want, you know, a good life here in Canada and we appreciate that. But, you know, it's crazy, man. Like, <laughs> what can you say? Well, you got to hear both sides, Dave. I don't know. Maybe, That's true. Maybe he said something. <laughs> maybe he was ripping him off. Yeah. You know? yeah. He was, he took him yeah. like, he took him like two miles over like uh, the, the road. He took, added like too yeah. much time on the meter pulled out that dagger you know yeah. <laughs> like, give me all your money then <laughs> they took it away from them and did what they had to do who knows yeah 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 i um it's it's interesting i don't know how much the like hate crimes have been against actual muslims i don't know what the rates are exactly but the whole like surveillance and uh entrapment and yeah, all that kind of that- stuff is that wild. was way more against Muslims, but the actual. Hate I mean, that's still happening. That, that oh, hasn't yeah. stopped at all. Because yeah. they they entrap every sort of any kid that's sort of a little bit you know autistic or you know low IQ or or whatever you want to say. They they'll entrap them and say like because like those kids they don't understand what they're doing and they they'll like say oh hey I want to join ISIS or something like that right and that I mean yeah yeah that happens sometimes but really the way it works it's like it's coerced right oh, so totally they right? well like someone who's like an FBI informant is is basically like under the gun to 
produce something, you know, to bring someone to them or they're going to get deported or they're going to get fired. Like it, it'll ruin their life. Yeah. You know, and this isn't something they sign up for. They're basically like approached and now it's like they have to play ball or they just get fucked. So, you know, they, they approach these like scumbags, you know, like the low lowlifes in the community and those people know who to go to for like who's weak, you know, who's who's like a kid. Maybe that he's like even like kind of, you know, got some mental issues exactly. and that kind of stuff, you know, they, it's really wild. And they supply him with all the, the weapons and all that kind even of stuff. Even here it's in really Canada, crazy. like the, the, the couple that got busted in Victoria here, like they were totally not the, you know, uh, do you remember that couple that got busted in Victoria, BC, Don? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. The, the, uh, I mean, if you just even see a picture of them or something like that, it just, it just, it, you're just like, okay, this is, this is pretty much a cooked up thing kind of thing. Of yeah. People that, Total strange people. Yeah. Yeah. Just strange, dumb people. And they're getting into that. But, you know, like, and, and that is the main sort of, you know, thing for like, you know, Muslims in America. But the actual attacks, like, when you think about it, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, you see that, like, they're, Muslim, our Muslim brothers are getting attacked, but like the Sikhs at, at a certain level, like, like that was the first guy that was murdered after 9-11 was a Sikh guy, uh, sure. uh, you know, um, and it was it, like, to me, that that's just one of the things, like every time I see that discourse on Twitter, like, of like some people thinking they're unsafe because like somebody makes fun of them and just like... I've always sort of had that mantra of who cares, but that to me really upsets me because the Sikhs and the Muslims have really bared the brunt of, you know, that American chauvinism that, that says that, you know, okay, like, you know, somebody finally attacked us and, okay, we're going to take it out on these random people. And uh, whereas it's like some white Jews that, you know, uh, rich Upper East Side type of uh, New York people that have never faced anything in their life get yelled at once on Twitter and, that, and they feel finally unsafe and they think that they're fighting Nazis or something. It's just, it's really, it's it's sad. It's, I mean, the sick thing is that a lot of this violence is, it's not those specific people's fault exactly, but that whole ideology of like, Oh, we need a Jewish state. It needs to be only for Jews. Yeah. Like Jews need to be protected. That's, so that's, the, up. that's what causes this, right? Yeah. Like, that's what the war and terror is in part about. Like, the, the whole thing in the Middle East is, I mean, Israel's a huge part of that. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I, I kind of see those as very intimately connected. Like, violence against these people and Zionism but are, there's, like, that's but there's the, zero, the cause and effect. There's zero violence against them in America. Let's just bring that up right i mean not zero but uh, it, it is almost it's not like, the when same. you think like like a plus or minus like you know like uh a variance of, of a number it's basically zero right since 9 11 20 years i mean sh- sure like it's it's similar to like violence against white people okay it's so like, like it's like not um obviously um shooting at the synagogue in pittsburgh happened and that's insane and that was a weird right-wing trump guy but the overall like the average jew has not faced the same vitriol or the same hate as a sikh or a muslim in america and 
there's mm-hmm. no argument, but the argument is always made. Like as soon as you know they start bombing Gaza, that argument comes up in America or um, England that there's this anti-Semitism yeah. happening, and it just sort of overtakes that. Yeah. And you know, you know, we can cancel me or we can cancel whoever who's saying it, but it's 100% true. Like there. There has been so many murders, like of random people across North America that are Sikh or Muslim, and you can trace that back to the hate of, you know, from 9/11 or or, or whatever you want to call it. And there is no comparison. And like, I just hate that you have to walk on eggshells and yeah. say that there is some, you know. Like there is like a balance, like saying like, okay, we have to condemn anti-Semitism in all forms or, or whatever. Okay, I get it. Like you know, I don't hate anybody except for real white people from Finland, like Tom, <laughs> <laughs> the the original Aryans. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly like. Well, actually, aren't through... you guys the original Aryans? Yes. No, we're the Scythians. Right. Yeah. But we're brothers like, of the sun, Dave. But honestly, like nobody I don't know. It's just so sad that like you know, we don't hate anybody and it's just it's just weaponized to like tamp down any good thing that you want in western society sure. like even Canada like the NDP is so whipped by the Israeli community that like anything like you bring up and they're like oh that's uh, a little bit of anti-semitism there uh, why don't you like tone that down <laughs> like it's it's just wild yeah 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 sure yeah. It, yeah it's it's kind of funny to imagine it from like their perspective like they're bombing gaza and then they start crying about oh the anti-semitism is on the rise as soon as they're done bombing that goes away they just stop crying about it but it's sort of funny to yeah. imagine like you're bombing these people like you're bombing hospitals you're bombing apartment buildings you know all this kind of stuff and then people are attacking you and if you genuinely feel like oh my god my life is and you know is threatened i'm in i'm in danger but we got to keep doing the bombing like we can't stop doing this like we can't stop it come on man like that's part of our 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 manifest destiny i'm my life is is endangered but i can't (laughs) i can't stop the thing that these people are angry about like that that would stop all the anger immediately you know i can't do that that's uh yeah or anytime somebody says that okay some sort of anti-capitalist talk where they talk about like you know like how corporations are running the world oh um, actually, you can't say that because that is anti-Semitic, and it's just, it's just, I don't know, and that's why I just preach who care because there's never going to change, you know, people can't, like, I don't know, anytime you, you get involved in politics or anything, you try to think good, you know, just, it just gets pulled back, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain that that position but as soon as you start preaching like you know like there's there's these people you know corporations and things like that and then people will say oh that's anti-semitism or that's anti-poor or or something like that it's it's just it's it's just a sad state of affairs where we are at right now in the western world Mm -hmm. yeah thank god for the taliban 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I always think that like uh, one thing that Twitter needs or something like that is like color coded death threats kind of thing, like so that people can say. I got a death threat today, and it'll be like green, which means like one percent chance of this happening, or something like that. Or like I got a death threat today, or like so that because if, if someone's like I got a death threat today, and they're Muslim or something like that, I'm like okay, well, there's maybe like a seven percent chance that, <laughs> that guy adds actually like ten percent or something. If, if it's from a Muslim, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if it's like a blue check uh, writer in New York or something like that, that's like. I was almost murdered today. It'll be like 0% or something like that. Oh, so. oh! I thought you meant if the death threat came from a Muslim, it adds 10% no. to the possibility <laughs> of it actually happening. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, if the math works out, that okay. <laughs> it is kind of funny to imagine like a robot voice, you know, like someone is like, oh, my life was threatened and then robots like 2% chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. My first Twitter account, my main one, Mall Express. Uh, that I tweeted under for like six years or seven years, and that's how I lost it. Was making a death threat to a friend, saying I'm gonna I'm gonna stab you or something like that. And uh, it's so annoying that you can't even just jokingly threaten death online anymore. But can you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made some tweets today that sort of like implied that there's gonna be a, another September 11 style attack tomorrow, kind of a thing. So we'll see if my account sticks around. I don't know. I don't know. I like to kind of to- toe the line and see what happens. I don't know. But <laughs> Twitter kind of sucks otherwise. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm i a good boy now because I, I really don't want to lose it. Mainly because, you know, our DMs, like, you know, you just talk to your friends and you just want to lose that. Then you have to find all the people that you followed and stuff like that. And it's, it's annoying. Yeah, I haven't even really been in the DMs anymore. I, I mainly just use our discord like the podcast discord that's kind of like my online chatterbox thing now yeah so subscribe now if you want to chat it up with muslim tom five dollars a month <laughs> they wanted me to do a, a um a vanity foot football thing with with uh you can't win discord but they're on espn i have uh deleted enough um apps i'm not using espn anymore only Yahoo or Sleeper. <laughs> yeah, who knows what kind of Chinese spyware is on that anyways. Yeah. You know. How's the betting going this year so far? Um, You know, NFL really starts tomorrow, but sure. uh, the college betting has gone really well. Uh, college started last weekend and a little bit this weekend, but uh, it's going really well, like way better than it should have. Um, I've never seen anything quite like it, so hopefully uh keeps going like that for the rest of the year. Otherwise, uh, you know, you make about 5% over your investment over the year, but it keeps you sort of engaged and enjoying it. Like, people like, you know, why do you, why would you bet if only you only make 5% over a year? But it's just fun, man. Like, it just, like, yeah, what yeah, else are you going to do? Yeah. Like I was explaining to my son, we were uh, watching this game, and he's just like, "Dad, why are you so uh, into this game?" I'm like, "Well, your college is riding on it, kid." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, "If yeah. they win by three points, and we know they're way better than they should be winning more, way more by three points, I will win eighty dollars." 
He's like, $80. She's like, holy crap, $80. I've been saving up for a Switch. I don't even have $80 yet. What do you mean you're going to win $80? you got to give me the $80 if they win it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me. We've already lost $60 today, so $80 means we won $20 today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Good we're times. teaching him. He's learning math, you know. It, 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 it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a good way for right. him to learn math. Yeah, sure. this is justifying the haram, how to teach haram <laughs> to your children. <laughs> <laughs> but is gambling not allowed in a Muslim culture? No. Oh. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I guess... Yeah, which is I've noticed a lot of the uh, like Muslim Twitter mm-hmm. folks that I follow are getting into crypto, which, you know, like people are always kind of like, how is that halal and whatever? But it seems like Muslims have kind of gotten into it lately, which is, I don't know, makes me feel better about, you know, like being some into people it, I guess. Like, oh, it's so bad for the environment. But, you know, every part of the economy, like I'm, I'm very heavily invested in uh Canadian stocks, but like, like, say if like you're super heavily invested in Raython or whatever, or like, how how is that like more worse for the environment than? Yeah, I know, mean the tr- even just the traditional financial system is worse for the environment than crypto is. It's exactly. people just think about all oh, the energy expenditure. Well, that seems like an energy production problem, <laughs> not the crypto problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> energy is definitely like something that you know hopefully figure that out soon but you know it is what it is everything takes energy come on man yeah you you have some uh top shots right some some uh nfts yeah nfts i I was asking you about that a little bit but i didn't get all the details i've done pretty well uh, like um i would say my portfolio even after like take like i uh, started investing about thirty dollars, and so my portfolio is probably worth about two grand right now. After yeah, withdrawing bad. about eight hundred bucks and in ETH. Nice. But the thing is, like, there's there's so many like these weird NFT programs, like uh, uh, initiatives, like like the Crypto Apes and stuff like that, the Crypto Punks that, that like went up like in some insane amount of money. But I think yeah. like the cool thing about Top Shot is like. It is cool to see. It's not like a typical card. Like I'm a card collector too. Like me and my son, we are getting into like collecting. Like I, the year he was born, I bought a ton of baseball and and football cards for him. So when he was about, so he's uh, ten now. So when he was not uh, eight, we opened up all these packs together and like put them in and stuff and. You know, it's really cool. It's so much fun. But the Top Shot experience is cool because, like, it's like a card, but it's, uh, you know, the guy actually doing the dunk or a three-point shot or a block or something. And it's really cool. It's like a video clip kind of a thing. Exactly, right? right? So, like, and it's way – and you see exactly how many are made, whereas cards, you have no idea. Unless, like, they're the really rare ones that, like, have it printed on the front, like – a hundred of two ninety nine, or uh, five of two, uh, five of ten, or, or something like that. You have no idea how many that the company has printed. So, you know, I got my son into the, the Top Shot. He got his own account, and you know, they tried to like <laughs> stop that account because they 
do they think like two accounts at one one address or or one IP is like trying to cheat? But you know, you get to know the people that own it and and stuff like that, and they figure it out. Like it's a kid collecting, and you know, he wants to get his favorite guys and stuff like that. But you know what? It's fun. Like my parents were so anti-collecting anything like they hated it like i had so many cool cards had so many cool comics growing up and they're all gone and like they would have been worth so much money now but you know like when my when my my son was born like i bought a bunch of comics a bunch of cards and like now they're worth so much money and uh you know so now we're into that together and uh he, he allots some of his allowance and he's like dad can you buy me these cards can you buy me this card or whatever and so it's part of his his thing that he wants to get into or you know he's going to save up for his uh, nintendo switch or, or or whatever and it's 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 really cool like to get into that with your kid whereas like i think that's like such a a great thing like that uh uh disconnect from boomer parents you know giving you birth to us that like they hated all their hobbies and uh they, they didn't want anything to do with it whereas us we get invested and we help them and we hope that like you know down the road that something happens whereas boomer parents hated all that stuff like it's just it, it it's really like honestly i'm having so much fun with all the kids like even like the oldest you know my daughter like uh getting into you know whatever she wants like you know music or you know makeup and stuff like that like just helping her like grow and experience things uh, just just having so much fun whereas like my parents did not have fun growing up with me yeah that's cool mm-hmm. i never got into the cards you know like even when i was like really into baseball like playing it all the time watching it all the time following everybody and i the cards just never did it for me i don't really get it yeah it just it's part of that whole um you know, having something tangible to to add to your 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 uh, your fandom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so like he doesn't really care that much about baseball or anything like that. But he likes football with me, so like I'll get him like the football cards and we'll go through and I will say like, you know, this guy's this player or whoever, and like you know he'll keep the ones that he wants or you know trade with his buddies and stuff. And it, it's it's. It is so much fun. Like honestly, like I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that he's into it <laughs> as a dad. Uh, you know, the girls really aren't into that kind of stuff. But you know, yeah. they have their fun. Like we do our stuff too and everything like that. But I'm glad my son really is into collectibles. Like especially with like Lego and comics and everything. Like he wants to like, like get cool things and like save them for the future and stuff like that. Like he knows how to like you know keep things really good whereas you know uh growing up my dad just hated all my crap that i had saved yeah when i was uh, around nine or ten years old uh, i was really big into uh baseball cards and uh so i've got like thousands of them just kind of piled away kind of thing in the basement and uh i don't know i i i, I really enjoyed that i don't know like uh, it was a great part of my youth kind of thing collecting all of them and i don't know i think a lot of them are probably in bad shape now but yeah yeah you should sort through them maybe maybe there's something in there worth some money you know 
maybe. That was back in the day, though, when, like, they were sort of overprinted. Now, like, yeah. all, they're trying to, like, you know, keep everything into a certain printing number so, like, things keep going up in value. But I think, like, the whole thing about, like, staying home and being in quarantine and everybody sort of having a little bit more money than they're used to, um, all those kind of collectibles went way up, especially NFTs. But I think like yeah. the NBA stuff will be always be like worth it, especially like for the rookies and the good players and stuff like that. But the other NFTs, which are like, who knows? Like right now, I think there's a ton of like um, money laundering going on because it just seems like, you know, like all these guys have made so much money on Bitcoin and Ethereum. So they're watching it through these crypto apes or crypto punks and things like that. And, you know, all the power yeah. to them, but I don't think those things are going to be really worth a lot of money, but top shots were definitely going to be worth a fair bit in the future, I think, because people like sports. Yeah. I think some of these uh, apes and other NFT things, crypto punks, all that stuff, I think they're going to be worth stuff, uh, be worth a lot because of what they are. They're like the first generation of NFTs yeah, or whatever. So they have like some true, kind yeah. of, you know, iconic kind of value, mm-hmm. you know, like 20 years from now, it'll be kind of be like, oh man, th- those were the first things before NFTs became whatever they go on to be, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like you're making good memories with your kids with this stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. Probably it's definitely important fun. thing. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, the the NFT stuff never really made sense to me, but uh, at the same time, like, Bitcoin didn't either, and uh, I made fun of that a lot, like, you know, 10, 15, whenever years ago it came out, and uh, now I look pretty dumb afterwards, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to mend my ways. I was the same way, and now I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes you got to just take the L. <laughs> Call You know, when you're obviously wrong, it's time to just give it up and <laughs> join the crowd exactly sure so so we got some questions i was gonna say yeah we got some questions from our twitter audience that uh came in so let's get into that sure let's go uh all right so yeah let's start with this one it's a question for big dave how is your family in india doing with the virus oh i barely have any family i've only got like two wow um, that bad mom- yeah, my my <laughs> my mom's brother has two two sons that still live there, and everybody else is still in has been moved to Canada and stuff because just the way immigration works. But everybody there has been safe. But uh, one of my good buddies, his mom passed away from COVID there, so it's been crazy. Like, yeah, been sending money back to to help some of the the. The orphans because like the the one society especially in Punjab that I've been donating to like they've had like an insane influx of COVID orphans so but the family's good damn yeah that's rough uh is I, I don't really you know I haven't really been paying attention to COVID in India or is it like regionally diverse in terms of how it's affecting things or is it kind of just like bad all over it's sort of like it just goes in waves right like it's just like it's bad yeah. all over and then it goes up and then it goes down but you don't just you can't trust any of like the reporting under there so like 
Right. Basically, you just you just gotta trust like the number of deaths or whatever. But it's it's not great. Do they have any of the uh, mm-hmm. anti-mask, anti-vaccine type of thing going? No, on? everybody wants a vaccine there. Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be yep. specific to. Yeah, North America. You know, North America. <laughs> yeah. And and Europe a little bit, to be honest. I know Germany has it. Oh, some of that Maybe, stuff too. Maybe, but yeah, like everybody wants a vaccine though in like Asia. Yeah. Yeah, they are a, a wiser people. <laughs> um, all right, so the next question. Uh, I drafted Joe Burrow as my starting QB because I was very drunk. Is my fantasy football season salvageable? Yes. Joe Burrow... He's probably going to pass for about 5,000 yards, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Um, that team, the defense is awful, but the offense is amazing. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot invested in, um, you know, fantasy football, like season long where where you draft teams now. And uh, at the end of the year, you get paid out. So um, I've got a ton of Joe Burrow, and I trust the guy. Uh Especially because the defense is bad and, you know, he's got a lot of great guys to throw to. So, yeah, you're golden, buddy. All right. Uh, Howdy, fellas. Is sex before marriage wrong or more specifically poison for a long-term relationship slash marriage going forward? I like this lady. Am I dooming it by getting my dick wet pretty early? Seems to be standard for most modern relationships. I don't know. Like, honestly, like... Display by year, like, do you want to? You like her, so obviously you want to marry her. So like, you know, I messed around before marriage, and I'm not too whatever about it. But you know, we're in the West. You know, you got to do it. I I don't know what to say. Like, it just seems like normal. Just see what you like and lock it down. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm supposed to say uh, I, from like, oh, yeah. an Islamic perspective exactly. here, you know? Like he, that's what he wants to hear, but, you know, like, especially myself, like, as soon as I found the woman that I that I liked, even though I was young, I was super young, I locked it down right away. Yeah. You know, if you like that person and you've had sex, lock it down. If not, you know, do what your heart tells you. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you really, it depends on so many things. It depends on, like, what are you like? Like, are you, Exactly. Like, me personally, I'm, I've always just been interested in having one serious relationship. I, I was never really interested in, like, playing the field. I don't relate to any of this stuff about, like, oh, exactly. I want to just date around and, like, you know, people who cheat. Just, it seems insane to me to want to cheat. Like, yeah. Either you like the person you're with and you're happy with it, or you're not. I, I don't understand like wanting to have have it both ways or something. Yeah. Like, I, I that doesn't make sense to me. Seems like a lot of hassle. Yeah. Uh, and plus, you got to like juggle two women in your life. Like, come <laughs> on, like one is already <laughs> one is one too many. <laughs> it's a little bit. Just, yeah, it's enough. You know, like you gotta figure out what you want to do with your life, right? I always wanted to get married. I'm not the type of guy that wants to mess around. I was not a one night stand guy. Yeah. Are you the type of person that wants to have a family? Do you want to settle down? Then you find the right girl. If if she fits your lifestyle, if she fits your sort of vibes and everything, lock it down, get married. 
if you're the type of guy mm. that wants to mess around and, and you're not into, you know, monogamy and whatever, then enjoy, enjoy it. Like, just go out and sow your seeds and do whatever. But you got to understand, you know, are you going to be happy with that when you're 40 or whatever? And burning in hell. Exactly, yeah. right? But no, <laughs> you just got to figure it out. Like, honestly, when you think about it, sex is sex, right? Like, <laughs> I that epiphany happens when you sort of sort of understand life and uh, uh, and consequences and everything. Like, like you make a relationship and you're having sex and why, why are you so worried about like thinking like this woman is beautiful and I should ruin my relationship and, you know, go outside of my relationship and screw around and stuff like that. But I get it. Some people don't have the um, self-control to do that for me. As soon as I found the right person, I locked it down. I don't care. I'm happy. I'm. I would never jeopardize my marriage for any person ever, like outside of my marriage. I love being married, but for some people, that's like they don't have that same uh, contentment. But I would. I would say to people that are listening, endeavor to understand what contentment is and try to understand that being content is very important because as soon as you're not content with what you have and because what you have is pretty amazing and if you want to like get outside of that it ruins your life it does but if you want to be a playboy don't be content just have fun jump around and go from girl to girl to girl. But if you want that lifestyle that you want to be content, just be content and understand that what you got is great. It'll never get better than that because no matter what your mentality is and stuff like that, that's just grass mm -hmm. is green on the other side or whatever. But once you find the right person or somebody that vibes with you, just be content. But if you don't want to be content, then have fun. But don't complain about it or whatever that you can't find your soulmate or... sure and yeah. don't let your dick do the thinking either exactly you know, right there's a there's a saying in uh in islamic like sufi stuff about uh like having the self like you need to control the self the self shouldn't control you mm -hmm. that it's like having the the horse ride the person instead of the person riding the horse you know so uh mm -hmm. you know you got to be in control of yourself and, and I, I don't know i feel like a lot of uh people's issues with with things like monogamy and kind of come from that well no once yeah. i understand that main idea of contentment i had problems not so much with sex or anything like that with drugs and alcohol once i understood about what being content meant that was very like you know instrumental in being a normal person and being a, a good family man and growing from there. But you have to be content in your life. And if you want to grow from there, you got you definitely have to be content. But if you just want to mess around and, and go from 
here to there. Like you're not going to really grow, but you can enjoy your life. And that's, you know, that's you. Me, I just want to be like focused on what I got and build on that. But, you know, that's every person has to understand what they want for the future. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Don? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good thing. I mean, that's one thing for like contentment for me, like in my situation where it just like for a few years now, at least like I just had lots of health problems and stuff like that kind of thing that like, uh, just accepting, you know, you know, one day at a time and just moving forward and stuff and not, not obsessing about like not being where I want to be and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's help being helpful, I think for me. So, oh yeah. Like, one thing like being content and then sort of visualizing where you want to be like in increments and also in sort of uh steps that are real like not just visualizing like I, i'm not going to visualize where uh in three years from now i'm a multi-millionaire and i'm you know making sure. millions of dollars or whatever but visualizing where i want to be that's important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure Okay, uh, let's move on. So someone asked us thoughts on 9-11. I think we gave them pretty clearly earlier in the episode that we blame the Jews for it. Yes. Um, so we'll move um, on from that don't one. Don't cancel uh, me, please. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another one to Dave, Don, and Tom. Don't you think most of the world's problems would be solved by a reunification of the Ottoman Empire? I'll let you guys start this one. I think I, I don't recognize the Ottomans. I don't know. I, I, I'm still a Byzantine guy. Yeah. Know. They're still they're still there. Uh they're just submerged under the We don't you know, we don't the, need empires. We need the the thought of, you know, after Ottoman, what's his name? Uh Ataturk. Ataturk, his uh his arrows of, of life and, and things like that. That's more important than the Ottoman Empire. Okay. Well, those are two wrong opinions. Um, I think that why you know reunification of the Ottoman Empire would not solve the world's problems. Uh, what you really need is to abolish all other political systems and consolidate the entire world under the a new Ottoman Empire, and that would solve all the world's problems. So you got to think a little bigger. Okay. All right. I'll agree with that. Yeah. See, thinking outside the box. Uh, all right. Somebody says, "What's the deal with all this Michael Heinrich stuff?" I have no idea what that is. Um, he he uh, wrote some books uh, explaining Marxism, like uh, Marxist Capital. I think that's what they mean. Okay. And uh, I don't know. He's like a German guy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about. I think a lot of these people have had controversies more recently, but I don't know. Uh, I think that's what they mean. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a Marxist guy. Or like a, oh no, there's also a, there's also a hockey player according to Google. But no, I think they mean uh, the Marxist kind of books that he. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, even though we spoke fondly of Berlin and Oktoberfest, I think we should just get rid of Germans. So that's my thought. Yeah, make living room for the rest of us. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I I guess he's a value theorist guy. I don't know. I don't know. I, have no, I haven't read his books yet, so. Okay, well. 
All right, well, let's just, let's just move on. Uh, is every Canadian required to have a copy of Drake's new album, Certified Lover Boy, in their house, much like the sayings of Chairman Mao during Cultural Revolution era China? Yeah, did you get your vinyl yet? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> there should be. We all love Drake. And uh, yeah. um, anybody that enjoys Kanye over Drake really needs a uh, beating. Well, at least Kanye isn't a pedophile. I'm no Kanye fan, but, uh, you know, he's not on that Pizzagate stuff. Drake is not a pedophile. He's a a bibophile, Mm. or whatever you call that thing, where where you're more attracted to 16-year-olds, and that's not a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. I got a bucket of stones regardless, whatever. (laughs) Sure. Well, he is Jewish. So even better. That's that's your in. That's your in. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have, I haven't I, listened to a Drake song like uh, voluntarily. I'm I, I'm sure I've heard Drake somewhere. Oh man, he's got some bangers, man. But uh, yeah. I haven't really listened to the new album. I've just been too into Punjabi music. But Drake's got some bangers. But like. Uh, in Canada, we've got uh, plenty of options, so don't worry about it. What have you been listening to, Dave? Um, uh, Sidhu Musiwala, or my uh, Pendu. Pendu means uh, somebody from my area in Punjab. He put out uh, that uh, moose tape. Uh, he put out a, a big album. Uh, his songs are pretty good. And I have been listening to a lot of, um, like, uh, just the... Uh, 90s stuff, uh, Oasis, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. I don't know. Um, new music. I've been listening to a little bit of Church's new album. Uh, those people are pretty cool. Uh, a little bit of Drake. I One or two songs from that new album have been decent. But uh, there's a bunch of interesting guys like Young Nudie and uh, Young Maul. Uh, uh, guys like that. Um, some there's a bunch of like rappers from, you know, never people don't get a chance to listen to. Um, they're really good. Like Young Maul's last uh, single is so good. Everybody should listen to it. I don't know what the name is, but just Google Young Maul. His last song is so good. Is it M A L L or M A U L or M A L? M A L. Young M A L. Oh, M A L. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah, I'll check it out. I haven't listened to new music in a while. I don't even know what the last like new album I listened to was. Uh, anyway, next question is, what will people wear in the year 2147? I'm thinking full burqa. Guten Tag, that's German. Yeah, I'm bilateral from York. Uh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I was like, uh, this gambling podcast that I turned on back soon. Um, they will be wearing uh, burlap sacks and ashes to, uh, to uh, they're lamenting the sins of uh, our millennia. Yeah, maybe like <laughs> like uh, some kind of protective suit, like a biohazmat suit, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's like fully air-conditioned, yeah. powered yeah. by, uh, you know, solar power or something. They'll, they will be... Trying to say, hey, you know, it's like Job uh, trying to, you know, 
understand why God had cursed him. Uh, they'll be uh, trying that, maybe. I hope so. I don't want uh, anybody to be enjoying life too much past us. <laughs> no, I, I think that we'll be wearing matching jumpsuits and it'll <laughs> be like a communist future. I don't know. We'll just be, everything will be perfect and I don't know. So, yeah. Rosy cheeked and just holding books up to the sky for some reason, just all yeah, looking in sure. the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That sounds nice. Yeah, so we'll we'll do this last question to wrap up. Uh, wasn't there some guy calling himself Bummo Tits? What's this? I, <laughs> that's a that's a question sent in by a listener of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, spell it out. I don't know. This, B U M M O T I T T S. I'm not aware of Bummo yeah, Tits. Yeah, no idea. But. Uh, if you are bummed out about tits, then uh, continue listening to this podcast and we'll set you right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We're a rehab <laughs> podcast for people who have, uh, you know, melancholic feelings about breasts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well thanks for coming on. I don't know. It was great to talk to you. Um, I don't know. It's good to catch up once Yeah, always good to have Dave on the pod. Uh, thanks for having me on. I hope uh, we don't get cancelled. Um, we went to places. Yeah, this is a. It was you know, very much the most base podcast <laughs> we've ever done. <laughs> Twenty minutes of full-on Jew hate. <laughs> we know. We don't hate them. We hate. We, we, we hate wink. <laughs> the discourse. Okay, so before you cancel me, you got to cancel the discourse. Yeah, sure. And uh, we're gonna go from there, all right, people. Yeah, anyway, sure. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but yeah, guys, if you like this and you want more uh, Nazi Powers <laughs> podcast episodes, subscribe to our Patreon um, at you can't win. Or wait, hold on, let me start that again. If you want more episodes, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, $5 a month. Um, you'll get that and access to our Discord. Chat with us in our lovely community. If you want to send us anonymous questions, we have a link to the Curious Cat pinned on our Twitter account at you can't win pod. Uh, and that's it. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Honestly, if you pay a little bit more um, than the five dollars, I will go in the Discord and talk to you. Um, so that's the thing. Huh? Let uh, Tom know that you're paying more than the five dollars, and I will get in the Discord and talk to you. Otherwise, I won't. All right. Yeah. I go sign that. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good, good night. night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.